will be unlike anything you've ever seen or done before. Welcome. Oh my gosh. To Next Level Chef. Take to the next level. Hey, oh, I forgot to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to introduce you. I'll, I'll, I'll probably get your name wrong. Get the introduction. Not your name wrong, but I'll, my introduction usually. I have a thing I'm, I want to say. But I yeah. usually mess it up, and it's usually just okay. funny. Um, Do you know how to pronounce my last name? That's my apology that's coming. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast, the podcast where we try to broaden perspectives all while going off the rails. In this episode, believe it or not, this fatty was able to get another chef, but not just any chef, a next level chef. Hey, we got Chef Amber, and I'm just going to say her first name because then I have an apology to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm ready for that apology. <laughs> as soon as we get started. But uh, Amber was in Next Level Chef on Fox with the dreamy Gordon Ramsay mm-hmm. and two other chefs that I didn't know of until Yay. I watched the episode. Um, one has a really cool name, Blas, Blaze? Blaze, Richard Blaze. Blaze. And then the lady's name, I always forget, but also I feel like she will put the fear of God into me. She would. Naisha Arrington would absolutely terrify you until you got to know her. <laughs> well, that's the vibe I got, but she was also like super cool, like someone you would love to hang out with. So, like, Very much so. Just don't like, don't let her down and everything's good. <laughs> I feel like that's the same for all three of those. That's the vibe I got. Yeah. Like I mean, chew you out if... If otherwise, Richard Blaze is kind of like a sweet dad, like a little bit. He's like, it's okay, buddy. Like, that's kind of what I get from him. But the other two, yeah, just like, don't let them down. Well, Amber, we're going to talk about Next Level Chef, how you got on and the results and how you felt, just your experience on it. But we're also going to, I want to ask you a few questions about being a chef. And I'm not going to ask the annoying questions that every chef gets, like, what's your favorite food? And (laughs) <laughs> All that stuff. I might, because I, I like talking about food, but. I do too. But we're going to get into it. So sit back, buckle up. Let's go too hard, too fast. Boom. <laughs> Welcome to Too Hard, Too Fast. Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast. Anything that rolls downhill, man. I mean, old habits die hard, right? It's the podcast by the people for the people. Well, I'm going too hard, too fast. Well, we are double fisted on that Woo! ass. <laughs> Only here, too hard, too fast. Let's do it. Welcome back to Too Hard, Too Fast. That's what she said. She would never say that. But did she though? She I don't would know. Never. She I would don't never say that. She would never say that. So welcome everyone to Too Hard, Too Fast <laughs> podcast. Right. Where we go off the rails and George has to worry about it. So <laughs> here we go. For the podcast of the century. Cheers. 13 seconds to go. Elimination is on the line, guys. Come on. Now I know we're really going apples to apples here, and mine better be better. All right, Amber, first question. Actually, no. I need to apologize. Yeah, let's back up. Let's get this apology out of the way. Let's Let's clear the room. Let's become friends. They started off on the wrong foot already. Um, (laughs) So I messaged you, and I... I also felt weird because I messaged you on Instagram and then emailed you as well. And I was like, oh, it feels so like so spammy. So I was like, I hope she doesn't. I hope she pays attention to me, first of all. But 
when I wrote and I directed my my message to you, I called you Amber Lane. That's my middle name. It's okay. Okay. You really so- don't need to apologize if that's the source of this. That's my middle name, and I went by it for most of my life. So you do not have to apologize for that. Well, I felt like I did because I was, you know, doing research on you and uh, Instagram stalking and Facebook stalking. You have a couple of Instagrams, three, I think. I do. Uh, and your Facebook is what showed me your real last name, which is like yeah. super cool. It's like Rebold. Yep. There you go. That's yeah. I've never heard of that, that kind of last it's, name. It's a great. So it's actually my ex-husband's name, but I was like, well, just because we're not keeping each other doesn't mean I'm not keeping the name. The name's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was going to say, maybe I won't compliment it then. I take my compliment. No, it's, I, you know what? I'm really low key. It's hard to offend me. Um, I think if anything, sometimes I accidentally offend people just because I, I, I'm not easily offended, but no, like no apology needed. That's, I went by Amber Lane most of my life. I dropped my legal original first last name when I was really young, like young. And so that's not incorrect. Well, I appreciate that. And I I did try to, I was like, when I was looking on Facebook, I was like, oh, she's probably one of those that changes her name on Facebook. So nobody finds her, no. but it, it's true on Instagram. So I was like, Rebold has to be fake name. <laughs> Understandable. I mean, they both sound kind of fake, if we're being honest. Like both of those, Lane sounds pretty fake also. Um, so I guess I'm just like hiding in plain sight. Maybe. When I saw Amber Lane uh, and knowing that you're in Austin, living in Austin, um, was there isn't there a restaurant something Lane? If there is, I need to go. Um, Kirby Lane isn't Kirby Lane? Oh, Kirby, I don't know why I've never thought about it. Yeah, Kirby Lane. <laughs> so I was like, is she playing a fact? Is she is she related to something? So, um, I'm of the Lane Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Like. Uh, I, I wish God. Harris. <laughs> well, that's the thought I came into. Like, I have obviously I never met you before, and that's I'm glad I did. But that's the thought process I was going through when I was like stalking you for for the podcast. I appreciate it, actually. I just feel cared about. <laughs> and then the fact that you your other Instagrams have like different. Everything ends with y'all, so maybe your last name is y'all. Yeah, honestly, according to network television, it might as well be. Right. Well, that was the other thing. I was like, you, I have to check on Fox. Fox will like put everybody's name on. But yeah. it looked like they just put Chef Amber, Chef uh, Trisha, or I think our that first was names were all Chef. <laughs> yeah, Chef, and then your last name was your first name. Yeah. So that's why I was like, well, I'm just gonna have to like figure it out when she's on. We got it squared away. It's all yeah. good. Well, that's out. It's the water under the bridge. And now let's get ready for the important stuff. What are you drinking? Okay. I'm making myself a cocktail. I know you had mentioned about like beer and things like that, but I'm making a cocktail. I'm having what I'm calling a Mezcal Girl Summer. Um, so I make, it's like a Mezcal Old Fashioned, but it's got a little sparkling water in it. So it's like a Mezcal Old Fashioned meets a ranch water. I don't know. I very much have made this up, but I love it. So Cazador's tequila, and then I have this Montalobos mezcal. And a little bird told me you've never had mezcal before. Never. This is going to be my first time because I brought this. My question is, should we maybe do a shot of mezcal before I make my cocktail so that we can get your live react? You're like speaking straight to my heart. 
Okay, perfect. I'm just gonna so do like I a little open it. This is how like first time I have never done this. I wanted to brew that I haven't even tasted it. So. so do you know anything about it? Do you know about the flavor profile? Do you know what to expect? Uh the guy at Twin Liquors told me that it's supposed to be smoky. It's smoky. And so basically, um, the way it works is it's from an agave plant. So a lot of people are like, oh, mezcal is a tequila. False. Technically, tequila is a mezcal. But the way it's made with the smoke um, creates this very smoky profile. It smells incredible. I use it to like cook with chimichurri. I love it in cocktails. I just, I love it. So it is smoky. So you can cook with it. Is it meant to be cooked and then people just drink it? No. This is the one that you see like the worm. Like people talk about, oh, eating the worm or going blind. Like (laughs) going blind. Mezcal made wrong can be like almost like moonshine. So there's a lot of folklore around it. Do you love the smell? Yeah, it's actually really good. I'd wear it as a perfume. I know that sounds crazy, but I think it's really sexy smelling. Well, I mean, some say if you drink enough of it. You'll get that liquor perfume. I mean, the sweat the next day does not count, my friend. Just ask anyone at Orange Theory. I don't think. Oh, no, I have to work tomorrow. <laughs> right? Okay, let's just don't sweat tomorrow. Just like stay, stay calm. I think I stay sweating. Well, it's that time of year in Texas. So. All right. Well, cheers. Cheers. Here we go. Thanks for being on next level. Oh, oh, okay. I love it. It's smoky, definitely smoky. So the aftertaste, I think, is what's so special and great about it. You've got kind of that little bit of chest burn that you get from a really like potent alcohol, but it almost reminds me of after you smoke a cigar, kind of that sort of latent smokiness that lingers in your mouth. I think that's lovely personally. Yes, so I'm not much of a smoker. But, I am uh, not either, but every once in a while, <laughs> every once in a blue, I'll just be like, I'm going to have a short story, just like a little cute baby cigar. And right. I don't really think I am. I just, my whole life, I've just wanted to be like something a little bit cooler than your average white girl. So I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, be like, oh, I'm an old Italian man. Oh, like. Well, whatever. speaking of like, what, what does it say for Mexican born and I've never had mezcal? I mean, so here's the thing, and I feel like I can tell you this, and you'll like totally get the good place it comes from. I grew up in San Antonio, and I really, for the longest time, I mean, through like through a good chunk of elementary school, did not understand, didn't occur to me that I was not Latina. Like it just, you know, how little kids like don't see color. I guess all my friends were Hispanic, and so I remember like my really good friends, abuela, like telling me like you're a white girl, and I was just like, why are you like? What does that mean? What does you? Oh, I'm pale. Like I just. As a little girl, so I always joke and I'm like, I identify Latina. Like, I just, so much of the culture and the food and the music, you know, I grew up listening to Selena and Shakira in Spanish and eating Mexican food multiple times a week. So for me, I'm like, oh yeah, mezcal, it's like the liquor of my people. I just like all the time, I'm like, oh, you know, I grew up in San Antonio. I feel like that's part of my culture. Yeah. I, that's, I didn't grow up in San Antonio. Like, I guess I, I grew up. Well, actually, like I said, I was born in Mexico, but I only lived in Mexico for like a year. My uh, my parents were U.S. citizens, but they were like still trying to get on uh, on their feet. 
So yeah. they live with my grandparents uh, in Mexico for about a year, and then they moved. Um, but I grew up in Eagle Pass, so it was like growing up. I have a friend who grew up in Eagle Pass. So I, how are we still connected? Like we've already been know. talking for a while. Like we almost know the same people. Like, so my sister, it was my sister, uh, the guy who lived across from her in college. She lived in an apartment complex in Seguin when she went to college. And the guy across the hall from her in the apartment complex was from Eagle Pass. He was a bullfighter. I had a really big crush on him. It didn't occur to me at the time that like being 12 was not attractive, nor should it be. I had the biggest crush on the guy. Um, Technically, he was a rodeo clown, but he called himself a bullfighter. That's interesting. (laughs) Well, no, it's interesting because... When I was growing up, there was a huge bullfighting ring mm-hmm. in the town where I was technically born. Yeah. So when I was with my grand, my grandfather, we always walked there. He always promised to take me, but I don't think my mom ever wanted me to go. So yeah. he never took me. But that's what he's like. I think we're thinking of bullfighting as being like the traditional, like throw the dart, red flag. He was a rodeo clown. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, he really was the guy in face paint who would like distract the bull and run through the barrel. Like he was a rodeo clown, but he, I believe, preferred to say bullfighter. Okay, so then I, okay, I get it now. See what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, like actual rodeo. Yeah, okay. Literally, I didn't grow up with rodeo uh, until I moved to San Antonio, (laughs) and then I went to the you know the San Antonio rodeo, talk show and rodeo. It's my favorite to this day. It's my favorite thing in the whole world. Like people are like, what's your favorite holiday? I'm like, rodeo season. Rodeo season, yeah. Rodeo season. Stop it. Yeah. Like, give me a funnel cake. Let me go eat the Vanderwall tacos at the stock show and rodeo. Like, I live for that. Yeah. If I don't, if, it was like as soon as I moved here, if I didn't go to at least three rodeo things, and it was a waste of a season. Bomb deal. Bomb deal. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What did you make? It's really tasty. So it has. Made it a little on the light side because it's a school night. You know what I mean? Um, so I did it. Oh, I'm going to go too hard too fast. You don't need to go. <laughs> I'll probably turn. I, that's the thing is I have one drink. And I'm like, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but I did a half ounce of the tequila, half ounce of the mezcal, a splash of agave syrup, a couple of dashes of bitters. That's where the old fashioned comes in. And then I kind of topped it off with lime bubbly water. So it's actually kind of refreshing. It's like. You said it was like a take on ranch water. It's like a ranch water old fashioned. Oh, goodness. With mezcal. I don't know. I mean, I need to name it. It's I've made it for a bunch of people. Now, sometimes I put. Is this your thing? Like you, you, this is yours. Yeah, this is not. It's like, this is just me putting stuff in there. It's very similar. It is a mezcal old fashioned until you add the bubble water and the agave. What if we call it the fast lane? (gasps) <gasps> wait i love it i love that but perhaps it should be in espanol because it's tequila. oh yeah we'll work Ooh. on this we'll work i'll we'll think it. about it we'll think about it but... we'll, i love that though that's <laughs> so good and it will eventually send you in the fast lane to having a hangover because <laughs> it's well, really an easy drink like there's just enough sweetness and smokiness to where you're not just drinking but you <laughs> secretly are drinking well i i you you messaged you messaged me saying that you were gonna do like a summer drink so i was yeah. like I'm, i'll make a summer drink i'm not much for like i don't really know how to mix stuff except for the normal stuff 
did you so do? I got this Arizona. Uh, you can't get more. Oh my god, I love mucho mango. I love mucho mango. Really? Yes, I usually get that like big boy, like the tall boy, the 40 ounce mucho mango. <laughs> the tall boy. I love that. It's straight sugar too. It's so good. Yeah. So I have said many times on this podcast that I hate anything mango flavored because it doesn't taste like mango. Well, that's, but you know what? That's not bad as far as like fake mango goes. It's really not bad. The thing is, I I hate mango flavor stuff because it doesn't taste like mango, and I love mango. Mango stuff. It doesn't taste bad. Creaminess, like there's a creaminess to real mango that you just can't. Yeah, replicate. Um, I love the what is it the like um jars of mango juice with the blue label. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Humix. Yes, I love because that's mango. That is pureed mango. Like, Mm -hmm. oh, I love that stuff so good then you are like hardcore latina that i don't okay see what i mean so i'm like i'm not saying this as an appropriation like it just genuinely i have such a love and appreciation for things that are typically considered part of the latin culture i'm like i just love it i'm sorry you don't have to apologize i, I don't think and i think I, i'll say this um i don't think most i think most hispanics latinos chicanos mexicans whatever you want to be called um, they don't really think too much on the appropriation stuff. Like it's more like I have noticed. Yeah, I come on. I've always had a lot of love and acceptance from that whole community. Like I just, I'm very aware of just all the different walks of life that have not been treated well, and all the different walks of life that have things taken from, stolen from. I have a really amazing, diverse friend group, so I'm always probably a little cautious and aware that to never. I never want to step on toes or hurt someone's feelings. I would apologize if I did, but I'm like, I truly am coming from a good place when I say that I just want to be Latina. <laughs> oh, badly. Well, we'll bring you on. You will. We'll, Thank you. Can I just be honorary? Sure. Honorary. I don't know if I can speak for everybody, but you know what? This is too yeah. hard, too fast. We don't check your facts. podcast. <laughs> yeah. So you're hey, Viva Mexico. Viva Mexico, baby. But also don't send me back because I love living here in the U.S. <laughs> you know what? I would show up on your behalf. There you I, go. I would be like, don't. We need him. Don't I know this. that guy. <laughs> Do this. We need him. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Send him back. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'd be like, oh, you're you're a woman. We don't like, we don't listen to y'all anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that's true. I mean, you know, the way things are going. Oh, no, we won't I'd go have, there. I'd have to get some straight white guy to come speak on your behalf for anyone to listen. So that sucks. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I know some. It's okay. Okay, perfect. Um, okay, that threw me off for the. Say already off the. Yeah, I do that. I I have to apologize right away. Like I just say some shit, and then it's been said. I think what what threw me off was the straight white guy. <laughs> well, because that's the climate, right? Like that's who that's who's getting a vote right now. So <laughs> that's who's, who's got the voice. Calling it like it is. That's true. Uh, or is it? I don't know. It's ours. It's our voice. It's our voice well, right I'll now. I certainly won't be quiet. I don't care if someone's listening or not. If you make enough noise, eventually they have to. So I mean, I <laughs> hope they're listening, Amber. Come on, man. <laughs> Your power is the be. Stop acting like this. You're embarrassing us. <laughs> yeah, stop. Stop. Uh, what is it called? Stop. Fuck, what's that word? 
when you get ghosted online? Shadow ban. Stop shadow banning just because I'm brown. We know what you're doing. We're on to you and it's not a good look. It's not cute. <laughs> right? <laughs> we get it. Oh, All right. So let's let's focus on the the mes- your mezcal itself. Yes. What brand is it? This is the Montalobos artisanal Montalobos. mezcal. I love this brand. It is I will never buy the most expensive anything except for maybe steak. Like I'm just not that girl. I fully am a big believer that you can get great things that are not most expensive. This is a very middle of the line mezcal. I don't ever go super cheap on liquor because I think you pay for that in the wrong way. Like it, it'll come back to buy you plastic surgery and liquor. You should never go cheapest route on. <laughs> so I got this. Yeah, you can't get, you can't get that cement, butt. Uh, I mean, I've, you've seen, you've seen cheap plastic surgery and you know what they did. It's the same as you've seen someone who drank cheap liquor last night. You can't, you can't go down that road either. So this is a middle of the line. It's from Oaxaca. It's 43.2% alcohol. It's a nice glass bottle. Really cool label. I think. Yeah. You got that wolf. I think it's beautiful. So I'm a huge fan of this one. I uh, on a rating scale out of also, I love that it has like the nose, the taste, the finish. It really goes through on this one and tells you like what to expect. Um, fresh cut grass, wet soil, honey, ash. Not sure. My nose detected those ash. Sure. <laughs> Sophisticated integration of roasted agave herbacity. And so that's a chefy word right there. Um, smoke, chocolate, green pepper, burned wood finish. I actually do agree with that. So honestly, in the world of mezcal, if if two is our ultimate, I'm giving this a one. Like I'm a huge fan of this. Oh, that is very generous, and I would love to taste it. Yeah. Well, we'll but you know what? You know what? I'm usually harsh when somebody goes too generous. Yeah, generous. Okay, the mezcal is definitely hitting. It's <laughs> no, it's when you're being generous-ish. Like it's not <laughs> overly generous. It's just generous. Generous. Uh, but it could be the fact that it, this is my first time trying mezcal, but fuck, man, it really is like, wow. It's so, so that thing is you have no like point of reference, I guess, but yeah. at some point we'll hang out and I'll bring you a bottle of this and then you'll have kind of a scale method to see what you like. Maybe. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. But, and I will say, so 1.8, um, for me, when I went to the store, so Usually twin liquors is like aisles and aisles, like long aisles of like whatever liquor you're looking vodka, for. Vodka, vodka, vodka. Yeah, mm-hmm. mezcal's not like that. No. And I went to this one, which was a smaller twin liquors. Uh, and then and free shout outs, whatever. Small podcast. <laughs> you still get them. Uh, you can always <laughs> send you something nice. You know what I mean? Like, it's never too late, twin liquors, to send a gift card. Right. You know, I'm not, I wouldn't, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh anyway so they only had three or four maybe five at best uh and it was a small twin liquors and so but the guy was like super nice super helpful and he showed me all of them and told me like which ones are the the people's favorite um i don't know if it was like a selling point or whatever but and then he goes oh but this one is a sotol and it's from austin and i almost went for i've never had sotol either I don't never heard of it, but I was like from Austin. But then I look at the label, it's like technically driftwood. So 
Uh, it's not really Austin. You if you really... want, like, you don't want your mezcal from Austin. Exactly. But there was like, it's the only one that gets to be made in the U.S. But I was like, it it's true. It, there's a lot of like harsh standards around it because it can be dangerous. So it is impressive <laughs> that somebody is making it here. Yeah. But I think maybe that's why they call it Sotol versus Mezcal. They can't, they can't claim they can't. it. Yeah. It's kind of like the so, champagne thing. Yeah. Wait, no, I don't know the champagne thing. I was just champagne is champagne is a region in France, and you cannot just make bubbly wine and call it champagne unless it was made in champagne. Oh wow! Although I don't know sparkling that. wine, if it's from elsewhere, because it's only champagne if it's from that region of France. I did not know that. The more you know, the more you know. But this is too hard, too fast, and we don't check facts, so Amber could be lying. <laughs> Wait, I don't think she very, Don't empower me with that because I'm just gonna lie for the rest oh, of this podcast. I won't check your facts. There's been like very few times where I check facts, but it's more like I need to check it because I want to make sure I'm not offending anybody. Or I, love it. I also don't want to send somebody down a really terrible path. So I, I need to okay, check well, it. That's the only time. We're doing all of that today. We're offending people, <laughs> we're lying, like we're sending people down a bad path. That is what we're doing today. So there's a disclaimer, and that's how you get out of the guilt. You just provide a disclaimer. You provide a uh, tagline. Too hard, too fast. We don't check facts. We don't check facts. We lie and we send you down a bad path. <laughs> so follow me, everybody. <laughs> honestly, the way America is right now, they be like, you honestly, that sounds refreshing. Thanks you know for being what? About lying. <laughs> you know what? I like this so much. The fact that you're so hardcore on board with that, that I think you need to be the co-host <laughs> now from now on. <laughs> Listen, there's probably the most commonly said thing to me is, do you have a podcast? You should have a podcast. Why don't you have a podcast? So there's, you know, there's always a chance that I just need to land somewhere. I just need. Yeah, you just spot. need that perfect landing, down. right? Yeah. A little pillow landing with some little, goose down fe- feathers. And a bottle of tequila. A bottle of tequila. That's uh, but fuck champagne if it's not from champagne or <laughs> sparkling wine. Also, that shit just gives you a headache. I don't care where it's from. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, because it's all, it's all the sugar, right? You know, and there's like tannins. I say that as I'm drinking it. Arizona. Right. No, I know. I'm an absolute trash panda. And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't put that in my body. But like, I don't know, wine, champagne, all of that just doesn't make me feel good. I think it might be some sort of like latent white trash rejecting the classiness of it. I don't know, but I don't feel good. I, I would love to be a wine girl. I look at wine women. And I'm like, look at you, the class, the grace, the prestige. I'm just not her. Maybe it's because they have like one or two glasses versus we're pounding the bottle, not even no, not say, even I, like I, taking I, the time to pour into no one who drinks wine doesn't drink the whole bottle. And this is like I actually had this debate with a girlfriend I used to work with because I had said something like I had two old fashions and she was like, Oh my god, on a Tuesday. And I was like, Bitch, you drink a <laughs> bottle of wine every night. I've seen you do it. Like don't act like you're better than me because I had two <laughs> cocktails. Your one bottle of wine was still a whole bottle. Don't start. <laughs> well, there, yeah. I mean, I've, I was talking from experience where I'd rather just drink it straight from the bottle than yeah. have to go wash a, a glass. Honestly, a very long straw is nice. Oh, I don't think I can do that. I don't know. I just feel the, like. I feel like the, 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 the straw changes the way it hits the oh palate. my god you're a wine lady you're one of these <laughs> wine ladies you're one of them 
Oh my god! I, I am. A, I'm. I love wine. One hundred percent. It gives me heartburn, so I try not to. Yeah. It's you know the products of growing up eating chili like and being out of the bottle. It makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> well, okay. Look, I'm gonna. Uh, I don't it. see it. I was like, I'm going to show you something that's super shameless, but I don't see it. Let me check something. Cause I think this what do you is going to totally prove a point. Okay. No, I don't see it. <laughs> Wait, did someone steal your wine paraphernalia? My wine koozie. You have a, like a whole bottle, like koozie. Yes. That's great. See, like, that's funny. That turns it into something that's like a little less pretentious to me. It's like you're kind of making it the people's wine now. Yeah. You know, like, it's like you just grab a hold of it. So the funniest thing in the world to me is I actually don't drink a ton. Like I will have a cocktail here and there, but typically if I have a drink, I have one. And it's like once or twice a week. Sometimes I go weeks without it. But like my sense of humor is very much to like just say anything for a laugh type thing, especially if I get anxious. So on the show, I mentioned alcohol a lot. And there's a lot of these little viral clips and gifs and like sound bites of me making comments about alcohol. So much you can buy me a drink. <laughs> I am best enjoyed with a sip drink as well. So like people were like, do you have a problem? Like are we having an intervention? And so it's so funny because like America thinks I'm like this party girl lush. And I'm like, I'm a professional aunt who like has two drinks and is like, carry me home. <laughs> I'm not even that good of a drinker. Now, are you saying that just because we spent so much time talking about the, usually, usually I, we don't, this is like maybe five minutes, not even yeah, five minutes. We, it's like two minutes. Of, we have. So I haven't even talked about this. Uh, anyways, we'll move on from the alcohol talk. Oh, did, you give it a, yeah, did you give it an official rating, though? No. You kind of so, but you know what? I poured another shot just to like. Give it another taste it again. Drink. I love that for you. You know, it reminds me like. When you're barbecuing and you like that brisket smell is coming in with that smoke. That's slightly carcinogenic. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like I shouldn't be inhaling this, but it's just bad for me. I love it. (laughs) So I one point and I would probably go higher because I've never had it. So there's like you said, there's no point. So 1.78. That's really, you know what? I feel good about that. 1.78. Uh, it's super good. I would definitely buy it again. And the reason I bought it, I really like the like the design. But it does. I like the colors. Ultimately, the reason I went with it was because everything else was either imported by Miami or imported by Chicago. This one is imported from by Laredo, Texas. Hell yeah. Viva so, Laredo. I like there'll be that. a little cartel stuff going on. Right. I want to, yeah, some bad dudes touch that bottle and it makes it taste better. Some bad dudes. Some bad hombres. Some bad hombres <laughs> touch that bottle and that's why it tastes so good. It does. It must be, you know. Um, so that's why I went with it. And 
I really enjoyed it. Uh, mixing it, though, with the Arizona. I like that you did that, though. That was in, like that was instinctually not a bad move because the sweet does balance the smoky. Yeah, so it's not bad. I just, I don't know. I usually okay. wouldn't buy it. I'm going to make so. you one of my Mezcal cocktails, and we'll see. I appreciate that. Yeah. I would appreciate it. Yeah. So enough about the alcohol. We'll just keep enjoying it. <laughs> uh, maybe it'll be brought back up. Um, oh, actually, I, I'm kind of interested, like, what kind of other things than chimichurri can you make with it? Or, like, what 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 is the reasoning for your... So what music? I love is when you cook it down, it adds that same smoky flavor and that little kind of, like, bright sort of almost citrus-type vibe. Um, it adds those flavors. So, like, to me, in a chimichurri that's so uh, herbaceous and kind of that oil is kind of heavy to me. It just kind of adds a different note. I mean, it's a little bit gimmicky maybe as well, because people love, like, I joke that it's an herbed margarita, you know, I'll, I'll put tequila and mezcal in it. I'm like, oh, it's just an herb margarita. And be like, hee, hee, hee. Um, so it's a little bit gimmicky, but also I really do love sort of the citric note and the smokiness that it provides. Cause when something's so bright and herby, I think that smoke flavor actually is so nice. Okay. I don't, can you do, can you do like almost anything or? Yeah. I, mean, it, like, like, I guess what I'm you, saying is like, what are, like it would be the base for something, right? Or, yeah. So to me, like what I would do, what I would use it for is deglazing the pan. So a lot of times when people are making Italian food, they'll be like, they'll cook garlic and onions and those little crusties in the pan, they'll pour like red wine in to, to scrape the crusties. Sometimes you'll see someone with like a peppercorn sauce. will do it with like whiskey or bourbon or brandy. I like doing it when I'm making like Mexican or Southwestern flavors. I'll use a tequila or a mezcal for that same purpose. So it's actually serving kind of the culinary purpose of helping deglaze the pan, but it's more on brand with the cuisine I'm making. So it would be more like if you're using one of the uh, cast iron pan. Any pan. Any oh, okay. pan when you're cooking at super high heat, like the sugars and onions, especially will caramelize to the bottom of the pan. Um, I never use like a super duper non-slick because I just think it doesn't cook the same. But even when I use like my hex clad pans from the show, you'll get that kind of crusty stuff in the bottom of the pan and a lot of flavor in there. That's a lot of good caramelized sugars and all that. So when I'm making chimichurri, I'll typically have cooked some shallots, garlic and jalapeno and I'll use the mezcal to declaze the pan from that. So it adds just that little bit of smokiness. All right. I got it now. I see mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let me go off real quick. Cause I got super curious when you said when I'm cooking Mexican food, what's your favorite Mexican food? And I promised that I wasn't going to ask a hacky no, chef question, but so for Mexican I- food, I'm interested. I'm a very, like, it's not true, you know, Mexican food. A lot of it's very Tex-Mex oriented. I mean, I do love some of the, like, deeper Mexican cuisine when you start seeing things like banana leaves and things like that utilized. Um, you know, molcajete is getting used to, to really crush those massive amounts of moles, you know, the, the seasonings that go into all that. I am such a Tex-Mex. Like, growing up in San Antonio, I love things that are... Mexican, right? They're in air quotes. They're not really like, I love a gordita. I love a puffy taco. Puffy tacos are so specific to San Antonio. You don't find puffy tacos anywhere else. That's such a distinctly San Antonio thing. But like, I 
I love, um, like I love an al pastor. I'm a big pork person. So I love an al pastor. I love carnitas so much. Um, a lot of things that just take time to build those flavors. Um, and any, any street tacos, if there is like raw onion and cilantro and a squeeze of lime, like I, I just live for that kind of thing. I love really simple things that were done very intentionally. And are you the kind of cook? Is it, is it, is it, is it rude to call you a cook, even though you're like a chef? Here's the thing. It's all kind of made up. Like okay. a chef is not a doctor. Like a doctor is not a doctor unless they go to school and get their doctorate. A chef is somebody who creates their own recipes typically. So in that sense, like I'm a chef, but at the end of the day, like it's kind of the square rectangle thing, you know, like all rectangle, all squares are rectangles, but not all rectangles are squares. Yeah. Okay. I so, just have to make sure you were saying that right. All chefs are cooks. Not all cooks are chefs. It doesn't offend me. I didn't go to culinary school. I've never worked in a restaurant. You could call me either and it would be true. So no, it's not offensive to me at all. Okay. Well, then technically call me a cocktail chef because I just, I just chef some shit up. You are. You're a cocktail. You officially are. (laughs) No, I would not take that away from anybody. But um so what I was going to ask is, like, are you the kind of cook? Because when I cook, it's like when, when it's something that takes time to prepare, like a brisket or something like that, I'll cook it and I have the fun doing it. But when it comes to eat, I'm like, eh, I'm kind of over it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I think I truly believe that all cooks who spend time are a bit like that. I was, it was really sweet. I did a really fun event. I guess it was, was it last weekend? Not this one, but the one prior. And they were so sweet. It was friends of mine who hired me to do it. Um, she hired a friend of mine, hired me to do this big party for her. And they were so sweet. They set a place at the table for me. That's unusual when you're doing private chef work, Like you don't usually sit down and eat with the people who hired you, but um, the girl who hired me was a friend of mine. And so they had a place at the table for me. And I was just like, they're like, get the line, eat, eat, eat. And I was like, no offense. Like, I don't want to see this for a minute. Like, I just like, you're, you're hot. You've been working on it. You've been, it's a different mindset cooking and eating are worlds apart for being one coming after the other, the mindset you're in and the bodily state you're in when cooking is not that of like, <laughs> sit and eat. like I'm usually just hot. Like I'm hot. I want to get it out. And then I'll, you know, after a while, warm up to the idea of eating it, but yeah, I'm very much the same way. If you've spent a ton of time doing something, it's like, get it out of my face. I don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. I had fun doing it, but I'm done. And yeah. it's weird because like it takes work an effort to do that so obviously you're working up an appetite yeah and it's just like you're done with it and i used to think that was weird like with my mom as a kid she would spend all this time cooking and then she would just kind of like watch us eat you know what i mean she would just kind of watch and i'm like stop being weird and eat something and i get it now like you've done all this work you want to see someone else enjoy it you have no desire yourself to touch it it's i totally get it as an adult oh mine in my household it was different though Like, it was like, my mom was like, if you're done eating before I sit down to eat with you. I will kill you. You're being rude. Yeah. Like, you're done. (laughs) That's that's the second part. She may not want to sit there and eat with you. She wants to see you enjoy it. But, like, don't. Because, you know, that's not paying respect to the work she just did. It's all, it's a little dance, right? Being a little kid eating homemade food is a dance. Yeah. Well, yeah. I remember, like, just, like, eating real fast. It's like, 
and then like moving my food around to like make sure like it makes time for her to get and sit down with us. Right. Because if you <laughs> eat prisoner and just shovel it in your face and leave, she's gonna be big mad. Yeah, because she was like, I'm not sure uh what is I'm not sure uh fuck what short order cook. Guarantee no, it. Well, it's a maid. She would use oh, maid. Yeah. Mine was short in my house. It was I'm not a short order cook. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and just crank out food for you to inhale and leave. <laughs> What's what's what makes what is a short order cook? I've never heard that. I've heard the term. Oh, a short order never cook is like you know when you like I'm a glut. I love what I call humble food. So like Waffle House is my jam. I love Waffle House, <laughs> but like a short order cook is like you sit there and you get the tickets and you're cranking out hash browns. You're just sitting there cranking out hash browns all day. You're cranking out fried eggs all day. A short order cook is just like you get the ticket, you make it. It's not a fine dining restaurant. It's like fast. Like you're not food. making the full meal kind of. It is like the the great service that the fine folks at like Denny's and Waffle House and places like that provide. Those are short order cooks. Nice. I'm a big fan of Jim's. We'll give them a free shout out. Can I tell you I something? My childhood best friend, her uncle invented the cheese soup. The cheese soup? Have you had I don't Jim's? think I've ever had it. No. At Jim's? It is like what they're known for. Also, my mom went to high school with Jimmy Haslocker, who is. Okay, let me stop you right there. You're, there's no way they're known for the cheese soup. Uh, bet. I just know that they're known for the burgers, but I don't go for the burgers. Frontier Burger is obviously well known. I'm telling you, their cheese soup, they're absolutely known for it. You have to have it. It's like, it's not queso because it doesn't have Mexican flavors. <laughs> like, but it is. Like, it's imagine queso but take all the chilies out and instead put in like finely diced carrots celery and onion so it's as if it's like a mirepoix in melted cheese it's i can't believe you haven't had it it's so i've never assignment but, homework oh, have it this week it's i will so try good. it i will try it oh i can't promise you when because this is why i've only gone i only go to gyms for like breakfast food. Change, change it. I'm going to show you. It's honestly, God, I love it. I'm and mad. Honor, like, it. There's two gyms I go to. And I won't say, this is what it looks like. Oh, it looks I, like, yeah, okay. It looks like broccoli and cheese soup. Like, or, That's just like, yeah, but there's no broccoli in it. It looks like broccoli cheese, but there's that's a great comparison. Honestly, there is a gyms, a couple gyms in Austin, which is such a blessing. I'm probably going to go because now we talked about it. I love gyms so much. I when love gyms. I, I used to go every Friday night with my best friend. That's what we did was go to gyms. I'm telling you right now, I'm going to have to have gyms tonight. Like you've just <laughs> done a thing to me. Like I have to have it now. That is. Well, a I want to try that. My, I can't. So when I was little, my order was always. And they would do it for me. I would get a bagel sandwich. So I would get like their turkey sandwich, but on a bagel. So it was mayonnaise, lettuce, tomato, and turkey, and a cup of cheese soup. I ate that every week of my childhood. Like if I had that right now, it would be the most nostalgic thing <laughs> to me. And I feel like I need to now. <laughs> meanwhile, the four don't do people, <laughs> meanwhile, the four people that are listening to that don't live in San Antonio. They have no idea. One, they're like, Fuck this, I'm switching off. Right, they're, they're not talking about relatable things. Like, don't get me going on Whataburger. I don't know about Whataburger. Oh, okay. Well, okay. 
not relatable maybe to a lot of people, but since you're a San Antonio girl, uh, a Texas girl, I'm, you know, I moved to San Antonio, never learned about Burger Boy. Have you had Burger Boy? No. Oh, from what I'm told, they're, they've been around since before Waterbird or like they're been, they're like the San Antonio burger. I've like never heard of that. I used to go to Bun and Barrel all the time, which is an absolute staple in San Antonio. It's a single location, but I've never heard of Burger Boy. Oh, I've never heard of uh, that one. Austin Highway in San Antonio. Bun and Barrel. It's a drive-in, and it's oh, been there. Sketchy since area. My mm-hmm. that's how you my know it's mom, good. <laughs> yeah, my mom's been going there since she was in high school. It is. It's barbecue, like okay. burgers and barbecue, but it's a drive-in. Trust me, I could talk about food in San Antonio. It's what made me. Like when people ask me what got you into food, how are you a chef? Growing up in San Antonio, people sleep on San Antonio as a food city. They really do. There is some incredible and like old school long-term restaurants. And there's some that are gone that break my heart. But like San Antonio is such an amazing food city and people completely sleep on it. It is. It really is. And what I'm hating now, and I'll talk a little bit, a little shit on san antonio right now and i don't know i don't know if if it's social media's fault or just the way times are changing or what it i don't know what it is but usually we know like the hole in the walls are the best thing usually yeah but there's been a lot of like businesses or restaurants picking up in san antonio that serve really good food that's just so fucking expensive where i'm like Mm. man i want to go but i can't really afford it you know or at least all the time that sucks like to me i think one of the most important things that you need to do as a chef is there's people who get into it to make money sure but like to me the the people who really love food and love to feed people you have an obligation to make it accessible and i'm not saying you should short yourself i'm not saying that you should undervalue yourself but there are places that specifically intend on making horrible lines. And I don't subscribe to that. I think that that's crummy or people who jack their prices out of a supply and demand mentality. And I'm just like, man, don't do that to people because sometimes the people who like quote unquote can't afford it are the people who would be the most loyal to you. The people who would love what you're doing the most. When you start jacking your prices, you're going to see those people once a quarter. Those are not food loyalists, right? Those are experience loyalists and they will hop experience to experience. I hate hearing that that really good food has gotten unaffordable because you're and skipping all of it. matters. Yeah, not all of it. You know, there's some good food trucks. And I think the last podcast that I put out, I talked about a restaurant that I had to edit out that blew up oh, too no. fast and then was like, I started like, hmm. Oh, that hurts uh, my heart. There's some good, but, there's some good old school ones though that I hope. Oh yeah. And you like, know what? Sam's huh? Burger Joint is still around, right? Is Sam's Burger Joint? Oh yeah. Around? Okay, good. I haven't like, been in a while. Stand, the pig stand was my favorite when I was a kid. The pig stand is around. I've only been to it once. Then I cannot complain. Milkshake. But I've never been back. The milkshake is the thing there. Milkshakes. Have you ever, did you ever, actually, I should say, did you ever go to uh, the malt house? Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to lie to me, Amber. No. That's, but <laughs> I know we don't check back, but uh, 
It's not, it's not something I grew up going to, but when I moved, I went away for college. And when I came back, the first thing I had to do was like, cause I went to new England for college. So I was not getting any barbecue, any Mexican food. Like I just came back and just ate a bunch of stuff. So I'd actually never had it until I had moved back and I've only had it once, but it was great. Um, I just, I love milkshakes. Uh, I'm not a big fan just cause I'm already a heavy guy and they make me feel heavier. <laughs> You're like, this isn't, this isn't right. This isn't good for me. Yeah. You like gorditas, but maybe not gorditos. <laughs> maybe I do, you know. <laughs> maybe I do, because it's just a lot of less stress in that situation for me. <laughs> uh, well, the malt house was definitely like a my college thing. It wasn't yeah. like, oh, my God, food. But it was like good food for a cheap price. But see, there's that all of that goes into it, right? Like our favorite restaurants are never just about the food. It's about the staff or the ambiance or even sometimes the music they play or like the price. There's so many factors that go into like your favorite restaurant. It is never just the food ever. Yeah, I don't like going to like the restaurant that's just for like the Instagram picture because, yes, it might be good food. And yes, I'm, I've, I'm no, I've have done and I will do the Instagram picture, but I don't want to go stand in line for a food truck or for a restaurant just to get that Instagram picture. There's a lot of that in Austin. There are restaurants that were without a doubt specifically created to be Instagrammable. The ambiance, the signage, the neons, the food, like there are a lot of restaurants. And you know what? No shade on the fact that y'all figured out what works. You're making a ton of money. But I've had so many friends be like, please open a restaurant, please. Because like these places are killing it based on neon. Your food is incredible. These places are killing it because of neon. And I'm like, no shade. Like, I'm really happy for them. Their food's good, too. But like, it is crazy how much of people's plans, especially young girls, are centered around the photo they can get, not the experience or the dining they're going to have. And I think I think that's why, like, I know, like. I love Austin. I like I spent my summers in Austin. Like I did I always tell people I, I did my growing up half in Eagle Pass, half in Austin. Because I yeah. spent all my summers with my grandparents in Austin. Oh, or at least most of them. But yeah. it's not the same Austin I grew up on, yeah. uh, with my cousins and all that. But I love I kind of like the Austin stuff when it's like the Instagram and stuff, because I kinda like expect it out of Austin. You know what you're signing up for, right? And from a San Antonio, I don't. No, What's exactly. That? Like, that's a really good point. When you go out to eat in Austin, you want that experience because that's what you're in the mindset for. When I go to San Antonio, I expect some good food. Like, I want some really good food. Like, to me, San Antonio is a Yelp city. Austin is an Instagram city. Like, the food better be good in San Antonio because people are going to Yelp about it. <laughs> yep. Food better look good in Austin because people are going to Instagram about it. And that's kind of the big differentiator between that two hour drive on I-35. Two hour drive. What the fuck? Are you driving like half the speed limit? Have you tried COVID over? Okay. Like the roads <laughs> are bad. It is a two hour drive. Listen, from <laughs> downtown to downtown Austin, downtown San Antonio, downtown Austin, I'll make it in an hour. 4 p.m. on a Friday, I dare you. Oh, okay, well, yeah, once you get into, like, Slaughter Lane and all that stuff, and then you just... You are going to sit right there for at least okay, 45 yeah. minutes. 
Uh, I always tell people that's how I like from ever since I was a kid, you know, uh, sit in the back seat. Slaughter Lane is when I knew I was like, I'm in Austin. Just That's so funny. You everyone has that little like moment like that. They're like, oh, this is Austin. Well, you know why? Because obviously Slaughter Lane is like, oh, shit, I don't want to go down that road <laughs> as a kid, as a Absolutely, kid. Absolutely. Because you're like, why? Why? And there's also a woman hollering creek. And you're like, why is she hollering? Is it related to slaughter? They're, they're so close together. I remember as a kid coming up to visit being like, are these two situations adjacent to each other? Is the woman hollering because of the slaughter? Like, it's a whole thing. <laughs> My question was like, is that like La Llorona? <laughs> it's like, I thought she was in San Antonio. <laughs> San Antonio is also great for all the haunted stuff. Like, you don't yeah. get any of that in Austin, but, like, the Emily Morgan Hotel, the train tracks, like, there's so much good, um, the missions, the Alamo, there's so much good, like, creepy haunted stuff. Like, Austin tries to do haunted tours. I'm like, no. The city is completely, like, turned over. I feel like it's 12 years old. Yeah, all the ghosts That's left. The, the history's gone. The, the ghosts went, they're like, you know, we're going to go to San Antonio. We're, like, we're <laughs> yeah. They put them on the same bus, they put the homeless in, and they sent them over. <laughs> <laughs> So true. The I feel like Austin's got to have one of the highest homeless per capita. It's it's maybe it's just where I'm living in Austin, oh. but like people will ask me, you know, what do you do with all that food? You know, people get very judgy. Like when they know you live alone and you're cooking, they're like, what do you do with all that food? Do you eat all that? I'm just like, first of all, what if I did? But like I live near a lot of homeless, and so like if I have a ton of food, it's something that I can do, you know what I mean? But it's just like, there's a lot of homeless people near me. There is. And I, I feel like it's, you know, from growing up, it's gotten worse, but then recently I do feel like it's gotten better. But then again, I'm just driving through or visiting most of the time. It depends on where, because they've banished, like they've basically banished homelessness in (laughs) Austin, which I'm like, okay, like, that doesn't really help them. Um, but it's just, so now there's like more concentrated areas. So to, you might yeah. drive to parts of Austin and be like, oh, no one's homeless here. And it's just like, no, they got pushed over there. They're just all Yeah, there. okay. So yeah. I, I, being a tourist now in Austin, you know, we only see what we see as you're visiting. And I remember that like 6th Street area and around was like tents. And I don't see that very much because they- They're not allowed to. Exactly. Like they, they open up like hotels where they can live, like housing yeah. areas. But that's true. Okay. That is true. Austin has tried to make an effort of like, hey, you're not allowed to be anywhere that the tourists are, but here's some housing. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, not for nothing. There's something there, but you mentioned about your cooking thing. And then that was like, oh, shit, that's true. Because like, let's say you're cooking this whole stuff and you do put your cooking on Instagram. Mm-hmm. and amber cook what yep <laughs> and so i'm 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 never even thought of like the comments because some comments can be harsh I'm like oh you're gonna eat all that you said that like, people will say it the dms are the harsh place people typically people will not flirt or fight on the comments meaning like unless you're a huge meme page people will not talk trash to you they will go to the dms though you will get, you will get, especially if you're on TV, you will 
you'll get some flirts and some fights, meaning people will say really inappropriate stuff sexually and really inappropriate stuff aggressively. So it's a really interesting thing. For the most part, if people take the time to comment on a photo, what you see will be the nice stuff. But if they're going to be taking it to extremes in any other direction, they go straight to the DMs. I'm surprised you even check your DMs. Like I, like when I messaged you, on, I was like, she's probably not checking them. Oh, my God, no. I tell people all the time, I'm like, I am not somebody. Like, I was on a TV show. No, but even then, but only for the for the reason of not just because, you know, because of the shit you get. Yeah, because of, you know, first of all, being a beautiful woman, Thank you. you're going to get a deep pick. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Or two or three. But what people have started learning is I'll, I'll repost them. Oh, okay, okay. And so, I wouldn't blur it out or put an emoji because it's not fair that everyone has to see it. But I will, if somebody sends me an unsolicited picture of that nature, I will take a screenshot and put it in my story. And I will leave their name on there before I block them. Because my thing is, if you think you can thrust that on me, then you can just thrust it on everybody and see how that works. I like it's the well, modern day, like exposing yourself on a playground thing. Like you just can't do that. So People have started learning. I've been getting it less and less because I put it on blast. And that's fair game. I would. I uh, think so. Like, it, yeah, like you said, I like the word. I like that you said thrust. But uh, yeah, if you're putting it out there. Well, you know, it's illegal. Like, they're lucky that I don't like because it's a findable offense. You know what I mean? If you take a screen recording of it and send it to like APD, they can get like a $500 fine. Even if they're that. not in Austin, like if, like some rando and and they're not gonna pay it, you know what I mean? So oh. whatever. But yeah, like you do. And I, I got very much in the habit, especially when the show was airing. And I'm sure when season two airs, people will go back and watch season one on Hulu. So it'll like there'll be a reemergence of it. Um, but I learned very quickly to scan. If the first sentence was mean or aggressive, I learned to just not even read it because I got some really, really, really awful stuff, which is why you do a psych evaluation. If it's nice, it deserves a thank you. It deserves an acknowledgement. If somebody wants advice or is appreciating what you do or enjoyed the show, like, of course, I want to read that. Say thank you. Provide whatever help I can. But I learned pretty quickly to, like, scan the message. And if it was nasty in any way whether sexually perverse or like aggressively mean, I learned to just not read it. Cause it was, it got to me for a while for sure. And my message is like a three page essay. That's also <laughs> how you know it's actually legit though. If you open it and it's a long message, it's probably something of actual substance. Like people will be quick and dirty when they're being quick and dirty. If somebody's actually <laughs> taking the time to write you like they, that deserves to be read. Well, I'm glad you opened mine. Um... <laughs> So I don't want to take too much of your time. I know we've been. Yeah, I can probably do this gotta, So we got to be mindful of the listeners' time. <laughs> I know. I was like, hmm, do I cut out all, all the gym stuff or what? What do we do? <laughs> I don't know but, how much people are invested in the Jim's Coffee Stop story. I know all the like the San Antonio uh, unrelatable stuff. I'm like, do we leave that in or not? You just titled this episode "Unrelatable San Antonio Shit." What? What I will live in is the cheese thing because your friends, you say your friend's dad, friend's uncle? My best friend's uncle, my childhood best friend's uncle invented Jim's cheese soup. And then my mom went to high school with Jim himself. So like family ties. I'll leave all that in. Okay. Uh, 
<laughs> but let's get into like the next level chef yeah. stuff, like the juicy stuff. Yeah, the the television show meeting Gordon Ramsay, juicy stuff. Yeah, the the. Let's talk shit about Gordon Ramsay. Let's do that. I can't. That's the worst part. Like they were actually teasing me on sex. They're like, "What do you think of Gordon?" Like they were trying to get some like salacious content, and I was like, "He's an angel pie." And they were like, "Don't ever say that to him. He would hate it." <laughs> He's an angel pie. Is that what you said? He is. He's really. I think he treated me. The way he treats the kids on Master Chef, Master Chef Junior, like he knew I was a home chef. He knew there was things like he'd be hard on me if I did something stupid, but he like he knew I was a home chef. He knew I wasn't online famous. I wasn't working in restaurants. I hadn't been to culinary school. Like I was just out here doing my best. And so he was actually really kind. Um, the thing I always say about Gordon is he's just more attractive and taller and all of that in person <laughs> he's like no you're like yeah you can yell at me it's fine <laughs> <laughs> please yell at me please call me a shit sandwich please he, okay he called me an idiot sandwich on twitter for fun while the show was airing i did something foolish on one of the episodes and he like brought it back and i was like you know what i'm actually okay with this so it's an idiot sandwich not a shit sandwich it's an idiot sandwich oh okay because he- Right on either side of your head and says, What are you? And then you have to say, I'm an idiot sandwich. <laughs> okay. Um, I am a huge fan of cooking shows. Uh, okay. you know, if you can't tell, it's all of them. <laughs> all of them. All of them. I'm that way too. Uh, yeah. So um, the fact that that I didn't know you were on and I followed you for so long. And <laughs> Actually, that kills me. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, um, I think I followed you way past, like, you had not been posting anymore about, like, the show. So, like, sometimes I'm like, maybe I should post more about my experience on Next All Chef. I'm like, Amber, everyone's sick of it. Like, stop. Like, no one cares. But, like, maybe you I should know, post about it more. You sh- maybe. I don't know. Like, okay. I don't want to be like, well, you know who else I've had on the show? But, but do it. Because I know okay. you have. <laughs> Why, you you stalking me? I just uh, did a little, like, a little breeze through. Because I was also <laughs> really impressed because I saw multiple people that, like, I know, which made me really happy. I know. I, I, I was glad that you sent me that. And I after that, I texted Tim Morrow. And we were supposed to talk mess about Tim Morrow. Oh, let's talk some <laughs> mess about him. Let's talk about Tim Morrow. Uh, so I messaged him. And I was like, hey, man. I, I did it today. I was like, hey, man. Uh, random message. I know we haven't talked in a while. <laughs> yeah. But um, I think he hits me up more on Twitter, maybe because he feels bad on me on Twitter that I was like, I'm oh, 17 <laughs> followers, but I'm not active on Twitter. I'm like, not I should be more. <clears throat> but uh, anyways, uh, I go, hey, random message, but uh, Next Level Chef Amber is um, coming on and recording today. And she was kind of like, she thought it was cool that you were on there too. He goes, oh, I, I think he said adore. I adore her. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, like you should tell me. And I'm I, wanna, I didn't want to say girl. like, <laughs> well, I don't want to be like, oh, hey, uh, and she told me there's something going on on Thursday. So I was like, it I don't got know scheduled next week, so I'm doing something fun with the zoo next week. But I'm obsessed with the zoo. I'm obsessed with the San Antonio Zoo. I have been my whole life. 
Timothy the hippo is my best friend in the whole world. <laughs> like I'm just, he knows this about me. Tim knows I am such a San Antonio zoo fan girl. Cause I love animals and they have done such beautiful, amazing things with how they care for those animals. Like if you're a true animal lover, a lot of zoos can be, ugh. they do a beautiful, amazing things for those animals. So I'm just like, he knows I tweak out over the zoo oh. and what he's done for the animals. But then he mentioned that you were going to come. I go, oh yeah, she did tell me something about yeah. it. But so I was trying to be like, am I invited? Tim, Tim, right. Tim, am I invited? Okay, so, I, just think you are. I just feel like you are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what are they going to do? Just show uh, I know Tim and Amber. I'm here. I'm VIP. I don't know what's going on, but I'm here. <laughs> I love it. No, I really do. Like, I just love when people do things right. I don't care what industry you're in. I love when people take the time to do things right. And especially if it involves the well-being of people or animals or the environment or something that really matters. Like, sure, I love when a restaurant does things right. And I love when a DJ does things right. But when someone's doing right by people and animals, I just get really excited. Um, I I love the guy. I love the zoo. You yeah. know, like I wanted to. Let's go drink Mets towel pregame before the zoo. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. God, I'm the worst podcast guest ever. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I know. I'm like, it you're not the worst. You're gonna, have to edit, you're gonna have to edit me a lot, and it's not even for the reason I thought it would be. It's perfect. I've done four hour podcasts where I have to edit out to oh an God. hour, an hour and a half. That's the labor of love, just like photographer that people don't get podcasts. We're really like, I have a podcast. I'm like, those people need awards for their the givingness of their time. My brother has a podcast, and the amount of time he's got kids and a job, and the amount of time he spends, it's a phenomenal podcast. I love it, but the amount of time he spends editing it, I'm like, people don't understand the labor what of love. It? You're the piece of yourself that you're giving them. Well, I mean, I'm obviously having a great time. So I think the editing is the only time, like when you have to hear your voice again and then edit. Uh, listen, seeing yourself on TV, you're like, ew, do I look oh, like that? Do I sound like that? And people are like, you really don't. Like that, you you look better than that. Like people were like, I will never forget. I went to a party and the promos had come out for the show. And this guy walked up to me and he goes, are you upset about the promos? And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you just look like a linebacker. Like a what? Like, like a linebacker? A linebacker. And I was like, he's like, have you lost weight since then? Have you lost 20 pounds? And I'm like, I don't think so. I think that might, maybe that's TV. But like, it was the day I learned to be self-conscious about how I looked on TV. Like he, I think he thought he was paying me a compliment of like, oh, you've lost so much weight. But I was like, I haven't. Like, I guess that's TV, but it's, oh, it's brutal. It's brutal. Cause then that's all you see. So when he asked me that, I was just like, well, now I'm upset. Now I am. Well, that's interesting. I didn't nowhere near that I see you as a linebacker, but yes, like the camera adds pounds, you know? I was I was asking everybody, I was like, do I look like that? Do I look like that? And they're like, no, you don't look like that. I'm like, oh, thank God. Which is silly, right? Because, I mean, I grew up really overweight. I had a, a very loving, deep relationship with food. So I still stay a little bit you know a little crazy thank you san antonio (laughs) right like honestly third fattest city in the nation and i'm proud of it like for some reason i'm like hell yeah um but did you ever have you did you ever see parks and rec yes where they go hey you're the fourth or sixth fattest city in america like we're coming for you san antonio yes because it's like and the weird part is at the time i was like 
You ain't getting like I just and Charles Barkley. You ain't catching up not with my gorditas. Right? Charles Barkley picks on it all the time. And I'm like, mind your business, Charles. Like oh, he just wanted some he what is that? He was clout chasing. He's clout chasing. But like I I grew up really heavy, and so I'm still a little bit crazy girl about it. Um, and I spent a lot of time working out. I'm very paranoid because of the cooking. So like when these when these came out, everyone was like, Are you okay? Like being on TV with the weight. And I'm just like, can everyone stop asking me? That is, I that how I look. Well, okay, so that's a whole thing because that is a whole. No, thing. I, I joke about my weight. I've always, I've always joked about myself because I'm comfortable with that. But also, it means that somebody else can't do it first, which is how I grew up with self-deprecation. That, well, that's true. But I've gotten a lot of shit, and it's like not a lot of shit, like internet stuff, but like from people right. I know on my self-talk. But because me too, even when I was like my healthiest um, pre-COVID, I used to like oh, maybe like two years pre-COVID. Yeah, <laughs> but, um, I used to work out a ton. So like my first goal when I was, I grew up fat too. Okay, but should, when I got to college, be. all I did was work out and run, and I got that was really me. skinny. Yep, and but I never felt skinny. So it was like that thing was like always once a fat girl, always a fat girl. Yeah. Fuck. It's yeah. true. So I always tell people like, cause people are sweet and kind and people will compliment me. And what's funny is oftentimes the compliment I get is people are like, wow, you have a good personality. Like, wow, you're funny. Wow. You're intelligent. And I'm like, why would I not be? And then I realized that they're seeing me very sweetly as in their mind, like to them, a pretty girl. And I'm like, Whoa. Like that, that floors me. Cause I don't see myself. Like I will always be the funny fat girl to me. And so, and I'm comfortable with that. Like that's, yeah. I, I hate if someone tries to put me in a pretty girl box. Cause I, I can't live up to that. It stresses me out. That's not me. That's not, but like somebody wants me to be the funny fat girl. I'll do that all day long. Like I was yeah. a meatball. I was wider than I was tall. And my survival instinct was like, you know what? People are less mean to me if I make fun of myself first. And I'm happy to have everyone. We're all laughing together instead of laughing at me. That that self-deprecating humor is totally a survival instinct for fat kids. Because if you say it, it takes the wind out of their sails to say it. You already said it. It's not like stealing the joke isn't funny. So if you do it to yourself, but it's a really hard habit to outgrow and your friends hate it because nobody wants to hear you. My friends will be like, would you say that to me? Do you see me that way? And I'm like, oh, no. And I bet it's the same for you where your friends are like, you would never talk to me that way. And you're like, well, no, you're not. You're not those things. Just me. I'm those things. Sort of. I want to say yes, but I also, I had to grow up thick skin. And maybe this is what you're saying, but like I enjoyed or had fun with the locker room talk. Like I was in football or whatever. So yeah, yeah, there was like a lot of making fun of you. Like you had to be like, oh, we're going to make fun of you. But if if you can't make fun of us, like then you're not one of the boys. Like, See, that's a nice thing about boy culture. Yes. So maybe that's, that's a difference because it it's is. like you had to bring it. If you brought it, then you're one of the boys. We're still going to make fun of you and we're still going to like know what you hate, but you're one of the boys. But if you cry if you about it, you're it, one of the girls. Like if the thing is, I've always said, like when my girlfriends, like boyfriends are being kind of harsh with them or picking on them. 
And like being a dick is guys love language. If your boyfriend has started picking on you, it's because he loves you. And that is how men communicate with their friends. They're mean to each other. Like not true mean, playfully mean. So like, but girls are vicious. Like you don't mutually make fun of each other as girls. That is not the culture. That's called hating each other. And it ends in that fight. Like dudes will punch each other in the face and be like, oh, let's go get wings. <laughs> yeah. Girls, or not even that. Girls, like, we'll, you look we'll at girls each other. Well, like, and I'm like, oh, that was funny. Like, oh, stupid. Girls look <laughs> each other sideways and it's like, we hate that bitch. It's not even just I, it's we. Me and everyone I know hate her. That's how women are. And I and I'm, you know, I've really become aware of that. And I I don't do that. Um, I won't even tell people if I don't like somebody because I want everyone to have their own opinion. But girls are like terrifying and mean and loyal all at the same time. They will be terrifying and mean to each other and then loyal about it. So like if your girlfriend's like, we hate her, you're like, yep, we all hate her. Do we yeah. do we hate Chef Piet? Just <laughs> kidding. Spoiler alert. You know that that's one of my best friends from the show. Yeah, that's why I said it. Okay. That's the only reason. I it's so it. funny. Like people knew there was a little, we call it the quad. There are a bunch of us are really tight to this day. Like last night we were up late group texting. This is still a thing with this cast. It is. And even the, the, you know, the major celebrity chefs from our show were like, I have never seen anything like this. We are tight. Like to this day, a big group of like all of us, but there's this little internal, like we call it the quad squad, like our little <laughs> dorky name. Well, I think um, it was the way the show was brought. But let's end the conversation of like the whole self-talk stuff. Because I think yeah. that's important. That's important. Yeah, and I, I made a stupid that joke. That is relatable. That's my thing. <laughs> that is relatable to people too. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just I just, I just wanted to like say that joke before I, before I lost it. <laughs> it <wasn't good. laughs> but, but I think so like you're right. Like uh, men and women, they talk different. Uh, there's a few women that kind of i don't know like i can't speak for women but the there's an understanding and i feel like i see it like yeah like it's you can't talk to, to a woman the same way like the jokes i guess is what i'm trying to say like mm. the jokes cannot be the same it's not funny like, it's not a joke. exactly yeah. yeah so and in football, right, like your size was also, as much as they made fun of you for it, it was probably also your asset. It was also probably your position, wasn't it? It was until you're the fatty that is making them run more. So oh. if the coach is like, make it, make it before this, or everybody's fucking oh, running no. eagles, whatever, that- or burpees. And it's like, then it was like, oh, this fucking, a fucking see, that's, you know what? This is where I advocate for football to change and athletics and school and all that. Like that put you in a really bad position that you couldn't really help. And it not me because I wasn't that you know that funny. But for my but friends, there's kids, right? Like there's kids who who aren't in shape and they're trying to become that with sports. And like the thought of like okay, group punishment based on this one kid. That is how standardized bullying was so alive and well for so long. Well, and then I'll say that, like when yeah. I said, oh, I'm not the, the, I was the one that realized I don't have to beat the coach's time. I just have to beat you. I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. That old joke. So that, maybe that makes me more of a POS, but. No, that's survival though. That's the, you figured out how to survive in the world that was created for you. And that's what I'm talking about is like, there's an awareness around bullying now. Teachers. 
bless them, coaches created it for the longest time without realizing it. They thought that was a great way to push a kid. What it really did was just made you have to learn how to survive by outrunning that one kid. It wasn't getting you to their athletic standards. It was just, I, I can't be the last one. Yeah. But do I hate that now? I don't know. Like I'm, I know, well, not like, do I hate the, the tor torment of it? Maybe. But what it taught me was how to survive in, in a shitty world. But what did it teach that other kid? The kid that's who true. laughs every time. The last one, yeah. Right, like, so that's the interesting thing. And you can never, I always say this to, like, my friends who are parents even, you will always screw up kids. Teachers, parents, there is no not screwing up your kid because that's just part of it. And the more you try to rectify one thing, the more you'll screw up another. But my question is, for that kid who was the reason that people ran into burpees every time, what did they learn about the world? That breaks my heart. And I'm a softie. Like, I'm an aunt. I've got four nephews. So I'm thinking no. about my boys. And I'm like, Nobody better ever do that to my boys. But like, truly, what did that kid learn about the world and his place in it? I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Look, I'm a, I'm I'm in education for my day job. Teacher, right? Yes. So, yeah, like I have to like, I constantly think of like, oh, what's going to make you stronger, but also what's not going to mess you up? Because I know you what are, messed up people you're a parent to every one of those children. My, my brother-in-law is a teacher. And so is my sister-in-law. I, I I'm in a family of educators. Your job is so hard because you don't have one child or two children, or three children. You have all of those kids or your kids. You're, you are spending more time with them waking time than their parents are like, what a huge responsibility. And I think it's great that you think about it because I think a lot, your job is so hard. It'd be very easy just to not think about that because you're trying to do all the other things that teachers are expected to do. But like it is, I, I'm teachers are so unthanked because they are parents to every child they encounter all day, every day. And it's a huge responsibility. So basically it's, it's such a, like, it's such a thing, like, like how you don't want somebody to be treated bad. So you want them to be like, to learn how to be strong and also smart. And like, how do you like work your way around somebody that's not sure. the best situation because sure. you have to learn that but how do you and teach them without taught. showing them like the the shitty way or like and that's the kicker right is like you don't want them to be soft either because as much as we've realized bullying is bad and we've realized this and that there will always be a generation before you that is your boss someday right so if kids are soft yeah. like millennials right you were the first generation of soft kids but our bosses were the boomers and Gen X. And like, I felt it. I was like, y'all are mean. But it's because I was the first soft generation. You know what I mean? Like, oh. Amber, how did you even get picked on to be, <laughs> to be, to be on Next Level Chef? So I call it my villain origin story. It's not really a villain. But like how I came to be on TV was so strange. Um, because I did not have a big social media following and I did not work at a restaurant. And in fact, I was not even cooking for other people. I cooked for friends and family, but I would put it on my Instagram story every night. I would just cook and put it on my story, especially during COVID. Cause like what else was there to do? But the crazy part about it is it started years ago. Um, I actually got a message from a casting director in 2019 about Sonic. Do you remember when Sonic commercials were just those two guys and like, yeah. so they the were trying to them with real people 
right? Like they wanted real people in the Sonic commercials. And I had posted an What did Instagram. you just throw? That was that caught my attention. Sorry, it's a cat toy. I have a cat who plays oh, I'm fetch. Like a, I'm like, what was that? <laughs> Sorry, my cat plays fetch. He loves it. And if I ignore him, he'll bite me. Your feet. cat plays fetch? Mm-hmm. That's fucking And weird, he'll play man. it forever, but if I <laughs> he will bite my feet. So I, if That's you want cool. to play fetch, we're playing fetch. Oh, nice. um, but yeah, so Sonic, they wanted to replace those guys with real people. And I had posted the stupidest video with my best friend. We had a giggle fit. We just had a really bad giggle fit. And it was kind of funny. So I posted it. And I geotagged Sonic because we were there. So the casting directors, their whole methodology behind this was, let's get real people who go to Sonic. And she had come across my video and was like, y'all are so cute and funny. And so I went pretty deep in this audition process for Sonic. And it was me and three of my girlfriends. And at the end of the day, like, America's sick of blonde white girls. I'm sick of it. America's sick of it. Like, it wasn't special or interesting, so we didn't make the cut. And I was like, I get it. But the casting director was like, I love you. I think you're so funny and so authentic and so real. Like, I'm going to put you on something. Like, just bear it. It may be a game show, but I'm putting you on something. And I was like, all right, like, whatever. I'll stay tuned. I was doing some stuff with, like, Austin 360. I was hosting a music series. I was hosting a, a sports series for Hook'em. So I was pretty used to the camera and was like, yeah, that's fun. Okay. Fast forward, I had gotten a divorce. And she was like, let's put you on Love Island. And I was like, let's not and say we did. Like, are you <laughs> kidding me? Like, I would be telling people to go to bed and not make bad choices. I would be making sandwiches. I would be the den mother so fast. <laughs> and then it turned out I was like eight years older than they thought I was. And I was well outside the range for Love Island. Like, you are not allowed to be on that show if you're like a moment over 26 as a girl. So they were like, ooh, we didn't know you were that old. And I was like, okay, thanks. Thanks for telling the divorce girl on top of everything that she's too old for your dating show. Fast I want forward. you to make the bad choices and I realize you are. Right. Like, <laughs> oh. So um, fast forward, I had always done that cooking stuff. And I had become at this point friends with a lot of people at the casting company, like just social media friends. And they saw me cooking every night. And they were like, do this Gordon Ramsay show. And I was like, are you high? Like, I've never worked. I work as a waitress, but I've never worked in the kitchen. They let me cut lemons in the morning. That was about it. I cook for friends and family. Like, that's the premise of the show is we're going to put professionals against social media stars against home chefs. And they're like, you're not a social media star because you have 1300 followers, (laughs) but like you cook, you could be a home chef. So I thought it was a long shot and I went through just the most rigorous interview process. I mean, hours and hours and hours of paperwork, essay style questions that you had to type answers to like hours of it. Zooms, phone calls, psych evaluations. I knew that if I was going to be on the show, I would leave the first week in September and it was mid August. So I just put it outside of my mind. Didn't work out. It's fine. Whatever. I got a call literally two weeks before I was supposed to leave. And they were like, we want you to do it. And I was shooketh to my core. But everything had been so weird. COVID was so weird. Everything was so weird that I was almost like, how weird can it be? It's a change of pace. I need to get out of this house. I'm bored. It wasn't filmed during COVID, was it? Mm -hmm. Oh, it was. It was this last COVID. Like it's gone, but whatever. (laughs) Yeah, no, it was not gone, whatever. Like it was, it was in Vegas where I would argue was like Satan's hell pit of COVID. 
like COVID will be alive and well in Vegas for years to come. Like <laughs> legends say that COVID is actually the mayor of Vegas. Um, years, years after they found the cure, it's still there. It's still in Vegas. <laughs> Without a doubt in my mind, COVID, the walls are built of COVID in Vegas. Um, also, I think if we say COVID any more times, YouTube will take us down. <laughs> oh my God, for misinformation. Yeah, Spotify already put on the, you know, they already put their little whatever. <laughs> okay, so the vid. Um, basically, yeah, we filmed in September in Vegas. So we were fully quarantined in our room for four days before we started filming. We had to test every single morning and we were not allowed to leave our room under any conditions. We did not even have room keys. Like they would put us in our room like bad kids every night and be like, go to bed. Right. So that, that tape, was like put that tape on the door to see if it was the seal was broken. Basically, I mean, like it, it was an understanding that if you got caught leaving your room, you were off You're the out. show. Oh, because okay. they were like, Do you understand that Gordon Ramsay has about 14 shows he films? And if you give Gordon Ramsay COVID, you are dead to everyone. Like, do not do it. Don't play. You do not want to be the person who gets Gordon Ramsay sick. And we were like, you know what? I've seen him get really mad over overcooked lobster. I can only imagine what he <laughs> do. I don't want to be on the receiving end of that. So we were all, you know, we just stayed in our rooms and it was pretty intense, but it was such, I convinced myself at the time how normal it was, but this is just what I do. I am on TV and I go to set every day and I do the TV thing. And then I come, I convinced myself it was normal. And then like two weeks after I got home, I was like, who do you think you are? Oh my God. When the promo started airing, I was like, who do you think you are? Why did you do that? Who told you that was a good idea? I freaked. I panicked. It was like super like hardcore setting into like imposter syndrome. I, every single, I still don't sleep. I'm not making it up. I still think about all the ways I could have prepared better. All the things I could have done differently. Like I still struggle with sleeping at night, knowing the stupid mistakes I made or how I could have. And we didn't know what to prepare for because it was the first season of the show. And all we knew is that we were going against each other. We knew it was different types of chefs. We did not know about the levels. We didn't know about the timing, like none of that. But I still think about all the ways I could have prepared. And I'm just like the imposter syndrome rages. I'm like, you just what? Thought you were going to show up and do well. And I like, that was kind of my approach. And I just, I cringe about it now. And I like, I lose sleep over it, but it was such an amazing experience at the same time. Well, okay. So since we're talking about the show, um, finally, <laughs> like I told you in, in our messaging yeah. that I saw you on Tim, which is why we even talked about Tim Morrow in the right. first place. Where are we right now? Uh, <laughs> um, I followed you because of Tim Morrow. Yeah. Uh, you guys had a picture, and then I started uh, stalking you. And I was it? like, oh, she's funny. And then really your memes, which you had to create a different Instagram because your memes. Yeah, uh, I did because they were going to shut me down. I'm in Instagram jail all the time. <laughs> and so I was like, this girl's funny. So I <laughs> followed her. And uh, I'm the worst at reading bios. And that's why I was like, hey, Lincoln bios. Like, nobody read the, who reads them? So, uh, anyway, that's hilarious. Actually. I love, I'm actually more proud that someone followed me because of the memes, the memes. I had to spend two hours on the phone with production, deleting memes before I went on the show. Oh, really? You think your sense of humor is good until a man is deadpan reading them to you. And you're like, yeah, I can see how that sounds bad. (laughs) 
I promise I'm a good person. I just right, like, to like, laugh. like like just deadpan, no laughing. And the one that says da, 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 and you're like, oh god, it's like the teacher reading your note out loud in front of the class. <laughs> you're, like, you're right. I'm a horrible person. Not only am I not coming on the show, I'm never leaving the house again. <laughs> like so, I had to delete like 200 memes before I could even go on the show. He's like, you can leave the rest; it's up to you. But like, don't give America this many reasons to hate you. And I was like, oh my god, they're just memes. So I'm in Austin. I'm there for a Stars game because I'm a fan of hockey. Yeah, so fun. And they took the San Antonio team away. So I know. I'm there. And I know I caught the first episode. So it must have been a rerun, obviously. And I was like, this is this show's awesome. Like I need to I need to watch it. I didn't finish watching the first episode because I we had to leave. So I come back. And I not forget about it, but I was like, I, I have, I don't have, like, I need to make the time to sit down and watch it. Yeah. Finally, I started doing it. I'm watching it. I'm watching it. This is after at least following you for a, at least, I don't know how long. And then I was like, I think I know that girl from somewhere. I don't know where. <laughs> I think I know her. Whatever. Don't think about it. So familiar. Must yeah. be like friend sister. And then uh, I don't know. At some point, I said Texas. I was like, mm. so I look you up. It's like, oh, I'm already following her. I'm already <laughs> following her. It's the girl from that I'm following her. Oh, man. Oh, great. I love that. So that's where that, you know, that went off. But I love it. And I will say, I before all that, I was rooting for Raul. Ruel. 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 Love him with every fiber of my being, just as a human being. And he's so talented. I liked him a lot. I like. I like. I was like. I don't know what it was about him. He got swag. Like, that guy. Yeah, it was something. Dad, underdog, swaggy, cultural. Like he, he hits all the notes of like what we want to see succeed. Right. Like I watching it, I was like objectively. Like I was coming up with my if I was watching this objectively and didn't know who was who. Like who would I love? And he was definitely one of them. And and so like. After I found out, oh, Texas, Austin, oh, I'm going to root for her. Not realizing that almost not half, but a lot of the people on there were also from Texas or either originated from Texas or moved to Texas. There's two other people on the show. Out of 15, three of us were more. Mm -mm. But but it's so impressive that out of 15 people, three were in Texas. Okay. I thought there was more. Like at least somebody that was... From Texas and moved. Well, now here's the other thing. Um, well, Kenny had lived in San Antonio because he was military. So he had lived in Texas at one point. And then also my mentor, Chef Naisha Arrington, was on Top Chef Texas. So there was just like a lot of Texas ties. I don't know what it was, but the fact that they, they had y'all on, I was like, Texas is doing something. And then when I found out that you're from San Antonio... Yes. I was like, oh dang, San Antonio's on the on the come up, man. Because oh oh hey, San Antonio, the chefs, pinche <laughs> San Antonio. <laughs> I did that on the show, and people were like, that's how we knew you were from San Antonio because the subtitles said trilling. And everyone was like, that's how we knew you were from San Antonio. I was like, it's just instinctual. When I get excited, I make that noise. You're you're on the show. Now I'm rooting for you. Uh, not realizing there's other Texas people, like nobody right. else matters now. 
It's like I'm going for the girl from Texas. I um, then you get eliminated, and I was like, okay, I'm back to Roe or what yeah. not Roe, Roe. Like I'm yeah. back to Roe. You're a chef that no doubt cooks with love, and and you can't teach that. That comes from an authentic place. But I was like, like disappointed in the fact like I thought you had it, and I think is the weird thing is like. I don't at the time don't really know you. Yeah. So like, but the it's I always find it so weird how as people watching a show, we get invested on in somebody and we want the best for them, no matter what. Like they're never gonna meet. Like like if this wasn't happening, we would never meet. So but all of a sudden you TV's good at that. It makes you care about complete strangers. But the show did not have like much of a story element like when health no. kitchen it has a, a a story element like where you're from but then we see what they're doing after the competitions mm-hmm. so there's something like to build on but this show they did a great thing with it like this show rode that line between like do i like you because you're confident or do i not like you because you're cocky People struggled with a couple castmates over that. There was a big conflict of like, Ruel was one of them, where people were like, is this the villain or do I love him? He's oh, very when he stole that lobster. Right, and but that's... I had to remind people like, this isn't a gentleman walking through the streets and opening door for lady. This is a competition. And like he and Trisha are great friends, but that was very controversial. It was very like, oh my God, he stole that from her. It's like, well, it's a competition. Are you supposed to hand somebody the ingredient they want or are you supposed to get what you want so it's like objectively a lot of that went on because it's supposed to but it's because of the, sh- the way the show was it wasn't like they really pinned you guys against each other like it started as like a come on uh, a group thing uh mm-hmm. like you guys as a team and then all of a sudden like oh no we're st- we really are in it for each other for ourselves even during the group part what people need to realize is your mentors figuring out how they feel about you as a competitor so like you know when i went into elimination it wasn't based on my performance that day it was based on everything that had led up to there because i had really found my stride that day and she had a tough call of do i send in today's worst dish or who has been my weakest player to this point so even though it's a team you're still getting judged and that information is still building. So like, it's not a day by day thing. It's a cumulative score really, because I ended up going into elimination, not from my performance that day, but from my performance previously. So it's going to be so interesting to see like when season two comes out, how I think the caliber of chefs is going to seem to go up because people are going to know what's coming. They're going to know how to prepare and people are going to be on their game in a way that, like, we couldn't have been. So it's going to be, to me, season two, it's going to be just juice. What I don't want them to do, and, you know, who am I? But what I don't want them to do is to stray away from the home chef, the social yeah. media chef. That's I the core of it. Because I love, I love the culinary, like, uh, educated and experienced chefs from Hell's Kitchen. I mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, but also, you know, the social media game and the people that are doing like I didn't even know that Home Chef was a thing. Yeah, but I you guys mean, are fucking killing it. Like I like from what I've seen, well. it, it's opened like, up. It changes everything, right? And it's relatable. Like talk about relatability, like we were mentioning earlier. 
most people are not professional chefs. Most people are not Instagram celebrities or TikTok celebrities. Most people are cooking dinner for the family every night. So to be able to see yourself on TV cooking for Gordon Ramsay, that's what people said to me. Like some of the kindness I got was you're one of us. You are no technically no better than me. And you got that chance. And it like inspires people and fires them up. And then they get to see how I've grown and evolved from pre-show to after show or like my best friend, John, like how he has grown and evolved from before the show to now. It's like, oh, that could be me. And I think that's, it's like the Willy Wonka golden ticket. It's like, oh my God, that could be me. And that's what's so fun about the show. A lot of what's great about that show is getting our little under the breath commentary. Um, So when Trisha was like, I want lobster, she didn't say, I want lobster. She was like, oh, I want lobster. And he was grabbing it already. So it's like interesting things that you can't tell. There's so much. And the magic of editing, you know, those people are like, ooh, what's going to happen? Great stuff that did not make it. Like we've been joking that we want the editor's cut because there was major stuff that happened that does not get shown because there's only so much time after commercials. But we're always like, we need the editor's cut because it was like there was some crazy stuff that happened. That editing power, you know, like I'm gonna edit you saying a whole bunch of nasty things about going. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You have to oh. honestly, I need to send you a bottle of whiskey oh. like Finn did for all the editing <laughs> you're gonna do. I did. I'm gonna need um. Now, I, uh, no, no, but I think even with Gordon Ramsay, like we were kind of talking about it and I was like joking around like the other people we've had on or I've had on, but uh, the the thing with him, like everybody fucking loves him, everybody, because he really is a good person. He's real. That's my thing with him is it's he's real. If he's mad at you or disappointed in you, to me, it's almost like a coach, like, you know, Popovich would always like really get after the Spurs because he knew what Tim Duncan was capable of, or he knew what Manu Ginobili was capable of. And so when you don't live up to what your coach knows you're capable of, they're disappointed. They're angry. And that's real. And when you do well, he hands out praise every bit as freely as he hands out criticism. It just doesn't get aired as much. Some of the like things that I will die thinking about on my deathbed, when I'm reviewing my life and thinking of all the beautiful moments Several of them will be things Gordon Ramsay said to me. Like, I hold them. They were not on TV, but he said things to me that, like, I will hold near and dear in my heart. So that's the thing about him is you're seeing he's also softened up over time, right? Like, yeah, in his 50s now, he's not a 30-year-old hothead. <laughs> he, he's grown. He's changed. But, like, he gives out kindness every bit as freely as he does criticism. And everybody that knows him that I've talked to has said that. Yeah. Uh, but I also love hearing people that don't uh, know, like, the true, like, my mother-in-law. Like, she's like, um, she'll say, she says it in Spanish. She goes, oh, ese, ese enojón gritón, pero bien chulo que está. So it's like, that <laughs> mean guy, yeah, the mean uh, ye- yelling guy. But he's so hot or like he's so And I will tell you, that's something that surprised me, like not to be weird and thirsty, but like in person. (laughs) Thirsty? Did you say thirsty? Yeah. I'm not trying to be weird and thirsty, but like he's so handsome in person and he's so large. Like he's very tall and broad and you're just like, oh, like now this is weird and scary for a whole new reason. Like 
charismatic, handsome man in the room is equally intimidating as celebrity chef in the room. And these three people are all just so accomplished and so beautiful. And all of the like normal little people insecurities up to the major TV insecurities. You're just like in awe of the situation, but it is, my brain didn't get it at first. You see, actually my, my moment of realizing what was going on in my life was aired on TV. I had been around him all day and had just been so in the zone, but there's this moment where he takes my dish for me. Like Gordon Ramsay did me a favor. You know what I mean? He cleaned up my station and took my plate. And that was so humble. And I started crying and I was like, that's Gordon Ramsay. Like I had that moment and they aired it on TV. What they didn't show was me run off and like jump in someone's arms and get held like a baby. Cause I was having a meltdown. <laughs> I do I didn't remember saying that. I was like, you were like, that's yeah, I'm like, it's Gordon Ramsay. And it became a gift. Like, cause it was, it was a genuine, real cute moment where like all the adrenaline was hit, like coming down at once. And I was like, whoa, Gordon Ramsay just did me a favor. And it was just like, it all came, the adrenaline. It was my first elimination round. I was just like, oh, yeah. I was shaking, crying, throwing up all, <laughs> all the things. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Like, I'm a fan, huge fan. Um, and um, I think he does, like, when you're saying, like, a big guy. In this show, you can see how big he is. Like, in every other show he's in, he's either, like, notice. wearing more so Like, you don't notice it. But in this one, like, you, he also seemed more, like, relaxed. So mm-hmm. it was, like, more cool. of him, like cultivating versus like um, he really mentored like he really they didn't show it a ton but like when he was cooking and I got to cook in the kitchen with him twice and he taught me things like he took the time to teach me and show me and he mentored like he truly took that title seriously and I think that's an incredible thing about him to me it's almost like you're thinking oh I'm meeting a celebrity they want nothing to do with me but at the end of the day, he's a dude who loves cooking and he knows you love cooking and it's like an instant bond. And he treats you with this like mutual respect that you just wouldn't expect. I I honestly could wax on poetic about, we call him in our group, Uncle Gordon. <laughs> we can, I can wax on about Uncle Gordon. Like nonstop. <laughs> he's just such a great guy. So again, we've been here for a while. <laughs> Sorry. Love- no, no, no. No, and I say that like, because I'm more like, I don't want to keep you know you away and i would love to keep talking to you forever (laughs) trust me i would love to bring you back on and if you want to come back on uh we can focus next time i'll be better i promise no 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 we don't need to that's not the name of this podcast we don't do that No, we went too hard and too fast on we too hard too fast um but so i would love to have you back on yeah we can talk about whatever yeah anything uh, I feel like we can. I feel like at this oh, point we can. we can talk about whatever, but mm-hmm. I just don't want to edit too long of an episode. That's the only I don't reason. Either I don't only want you to do much editing. Like I don't. I don't want you. I told you I'm friends <laughs> with creatives, podcast photographers. I don't want you to edit this much. No, and I appreciate that. I but I feel like really bad cutting this conversation off because no. I'm having fun, and if no. you're but. I'm also like, fuck, I don't want to keep her time. She probably has other things to do. Yeah. Not really, but also I'll go eat something. Some gems, some gems cheese. Not, not kidding. I'm probably going to go to gems. Fair enough. I am. 
Well, send me a pic of what you're eating. I will. <laughs> <laughs> but with that said, I do want to ask you one more question. Do you have a too hard, too fast story? A time where you either got too drunk to function or a cautionary tale, words of wisdom, anything you feel comfortable sharing? You know what? I'm comfortable sharing everything. And I absolutely have a too hard, too fast. Uh, I (laughs) once when I was embarking on the divorce process, it was the weekend I was moving out. And when I go work out, I would always take off my wedding ring, put it in my wallet so the bars wouldn't bang it up. And then I would put it back on. So this was the weekend I was moving out. My now ex-husband was out of town because he didn't really want to deal with all that. So I went to the gym and then I was like, I'm going to go out and have a couple drinks with my girlfriends. Like, this is a sad thing, whatever. I, to this day, don't know. I got so drunk that night. I lost my engagement ring. I'm pretty sure at the Golden Goose on South Lamar. But the funny part about this is I'd gone too hard to I don't remember any of it. There was a moment where I realized it was gone. The really funny part of this story that no one will let me live down is when I went to work that week, I called Uber and somebody heard me. I was like, do you have a lost and found? And for some reason that absolutely sent my whole office that I had a $20,000 engagement ring and was like, do you have a lost and found? (laughs) And they're like, you're so naive. Bless your heart. You think somebody would turn that in? Oh man. Definitely the most inebriated I had ever like i'm rolling blank tape on that night like i was just with my girlfriends we didn't even go a ton of places but i just worked through it (laughs) i don't know i might have lost my ring at the gym it might have slipped out of my wallet at the gym but i think honestly to this day probably at the goose (laughs) somebody has them you know what i told myself that i was like i really hope that someone who needed it like somebody who really needed it got it. And the sweetest thing I was devastated. I was getting a divorce anyway, but like I was devastated because I'm very sentimental. And my, my, at the time, mother-in-law looked at me and she said, sweetie, you need the insurance money more than you need the marriage. And I was like, Oh, Oh, and that's the like, way to end the two. So practical. <laughs> I was just like, damn, Martha. Why are you going to be so real? Why are you going to be real like that at a time like this? <laughs> Oh, you got to tell it how it is. God. Oh, man, that's funny. Uh, again, glad you made it on. I'm, uh, I want you back on. I, I'll, I will hit you up. I think we're friends. <laughs> I we're friends. So. We are friends. And I think that maybe we have, like, another podcast with Tim live from the zoo. I don't know. Call me crazy. Oh, don't say that. That guy's been saying that we're going to do one from the, from the zoo. I guy's a busy guy. I don't know. Yeah. But it will be fun. I'm really good at bothering people. I got no problem being on that case. Well, Tim, he's both times he's been on, he's like, we need to do one from the zoo. Yeah. I just need to figure out how to actually put it together. Make that happen. Yeah. yeah. But let's do it because that would be fun. I think he would have a great time. You would have a great time. I would Absolutely. fucking have a great time. I know I said last question, but what's the one thing you learned from being on the show? Like, The one thing I learned from being on the show is that absolutely everyone is made of so much more than you think you are. You are, and I know it sounds cliche, but you are so much braver, so much more talented, so much stronger, so much more determined, so much thicker skinned. Everyone is capable of so much more than they think they are. And that I'm not scared of anything anymore, which is really cool. 
I meant on being on too hard too fast. Ah! <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> that was funny. Kidding. I learned that Metallica has their own whiskey. Hey, that's a win. It's a win. I have fought every step of the way, and I will always be proud of that. That's a win. Um, so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, dare to be you, dare to be weird. Bye. Oh no, no bye. Sorry. No bye. No bye. Uh tell us one of your Instagrams where we should follow you. And then everything okay. else will be linked in at the bottom. Yeah, that's the thing. I would say my my primary point of follow on Instagram is at Amber Lane TX, y'all. Get on the fast lane, everybody. It's a good drink. Hey. hey. We gotta think of the Spanish name. And then with that said, remember, dare to be you, dare to be weird. Bye. Bye.